Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. Um, guys, we all have problems. If you think you don't have problems, you're wrong. And uh, I told you guys, I'm not doing, I, I didn't want to just do another series about, hey, we all got problems, you know, and just like, I, I, I told you guys, I feel like we do that a lot because constantly helping people that are constantly battling something and they don't know why. And so I felt like it was important to dive into something and kind of pull back the spiritual wall. And I said, we've done Satan, his attacks and how he works and all that other stuff. And I said, man, there's more to it than that. The Bible talks about all the, the, the demonic oppression and all those things. And I, I showed you a passage of where we see these things in scripture. I don't want to downplay this where you say, oh man, you think everything's a demon. You know, I've heard people say that. It's like, man, I, you know, I stubbed my toe, toe and it's like, oh, demons in my house. Cast you out, buddy. And it just like, okay, uh, you just hit your toe, okay? I mean, <laughs> not saying Satan's not fighting, but let's not, you know, label everything as a demonic attack. And, and I'm not saying that he's not working. Some things, it's just you're a klutz, okay? Can you just say, uh, uh, in the name of Jesus, I'm a klutz, and just go with it. And uh, sometimes we downplay it, and it's, it is just straight up the fact that the, Satan is fighting and, and I explained that he, he goes after us, he wars against us. And I found this passage, one of the only times. Number one, we hear demons speaking. We have a conversation with the pits of hell, unclean spirits and spiritual wickedness. And the Bible says in Ephesians 6, we're all wrestling against this. And I thought, man, let's kind of interview. Let's ask questions. Let's dig into it. What's going on? In Mark chapter 5, verse 1, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of Gadarnes. And when it was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Unclean, ungodly, wicked spirit. A presence of evil was there. Now before you write this off, I'm going to make direct application to us in a little bit because I'm, I'm overemphasizing because I want you guys to get this. We'd be foolish to ignore this. But we ask the questions, what do they do? What are their goals? We kind of get a glimpse of what it is. Now you're sitting there saying, I'm saved. I know I am. Just because you're saved does not mean that you don't have spiritual attack. Now I explained to you guys before, Satan does not have a hold of you. The, the chains are broken. I am set free. I'm a child of God. Satan cannot touch me to drag me to hell with everything that he's got. He cannot, and sometimes we paint that wrong, of I'm still in shackles. You're not in shackles. It's a different kind of mindset. I can show you over the, whom the Son has set free. You are free indeed. Don't ignore those verses. Those are powerful. Those are in God's word. But let, let me show you what's going on. Who had his dwellings among the tombs. Because Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy his goal for every one of you is to kill your marriage, kill your relationships, kill your walk with God, kill your relationships with other Christians. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. The goal was bondage. Bondage for the lost is the fact that he puts sin on us and the wages of our sin is death. If you live this life without Jesus Christ in your life, the destination because of your sin is hell. I said, whoa, wow. Oh, I can't believe it. I didn't come here for you to shove that down my throat. I'm telling you because I love you. And the Bible says the wages of our sin is death. And there's a payment, a debt because of our sin. Before the saved, 
He messes with our flesh. He messes with our minds. We are not chained to our sin. That debt was paid on the cross. We are free because of what Christ has done. But we still battle. Satan attacks and he attacks us through these unclean spirits that are out to still kill and destroy. And you're thinking, I'm not under attack. I've not seen a demon in my house besides my husband. I mean, I know what you're thinking. It's like, I, I don't battle with those things. They're not out there. But that's how Satan is. He comes as an angel of light, first of all. He's come and say, this is good, or this is healthy, or this is okay. And the Bible explains what goes on with this, about principalities and rulers of darkness of this world. You know what it means by rulers of darkness? He is behind the pornography. You say, I I can't see Satan working anywhere. I can't see all these demons working everywhere. It's behind the pornography. He's he's behind every winery pouring alcohol into the mouths of all these dads that are going to go home and beat their wives and their kids. Slam into another family and have an accident where five are killed on the side of the road. And you say, whoa, 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 you can say all you want. Satan's out to kill and destroy. He's behind every drug. He's behind every manipulation. He's behind the lies. He's out to throw out God out of school. He's to throw God out of government. He wants God out of the church. That's what he does. So to sit there and say we don't have demonic oppression or demonic attacks, it's all around us. Just label it for what it is. When a man becomes this unsatisfied with his relationship and he's sitting there saying, I'm falling out of love, God is love. You can't fall out of what God has done. It means that there's something else involved that's happening and it's not of God and it's of unclean spirits and wickedness of this world. Destroying, pushing temptations, doing all these things just like this guy in the story. I'm going to show you guys and I'm not trying to re-preach last week's message Verse 4, he said, because he had often bound with fetters and chains. You know what that means? Oftentimes he grabbed a hold of the guys and said, we're going to fix you. We're going to control you. We're going to do something. He breaks through it and he went right back to it. Anybody here ever had the same problem over and over and over again and you can't get out of it? Repeated, 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 repeated. I will never conquer this. I will never get over it. I will never be set free. And chains had been plucked asunder by him and fetters broken to pieces. Neither could any man tame him. He lost control. And always, day and night, always miserable. Some people, they get to, i got to wake up drinking. I've got to go to bed with something. I've got to wake up with something. I'm miserable in the day. I get, everybody gets on my nerves. I lose control. I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at the driver next to me. I just, something, you know what that is? There's an attack on your life. God is the author of joy and peace and satisfaction, not of the junk we just mentioned just now. For people to sit there and say, well, I was just that way. It is not of God to live in that garbage. Are you miserable? He was crying day and night, cutting himself with stones. Self-mutilation. When you drink yourself to death, it's self-mutilation. When you are depressed and the only way you can conquer the pain in your life, and I'm not trying to expose anybody's hurt or pain and you pull out a razor blade to cut yourself you are self-mutilating yourself and something greater than you is oppressing you it's real and it's serious and it's as much in the walls of a church amongst god's people as it is out there because nowhere did god ever say that satan's going to come up to him and say oh they're a christian okay leave them alone actually comes after and says, guys, these are the target. They're the ones going to try to stop us. 
That it, there is a spiritual battle. There is a warfare that's going on. He was out of control. Out of control. Now read with me in verse 6. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Last week we talked about the greater problem. But today I want to talk about the greater power. There's a greater power that showed up on this day. And I asked myself when I read this passage, was the, man, was, was the one that ran up, was that the maniac? Or was that the demon? Was that the man or the demon? I think it was both. I know in verse 7, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not I think it was both of them. And they, they ran and they spoke and, and they was crying out to God that was standing in front of them. And he asked the question, what do I have to do with thee, the son of the most high God? Why are you here to mess with me? I want to stay in this guy. I like doing what I'm doing. Do not make me leave my host. Do not make me leave what I am doing. He took pleasure in torturing this guy. They knew that God was about to mess up their plans. Do you realize this is why so many people don't go to church? This is why that so many people are, Satan wants with all of his heart to keep you away from anything dealing with Jesus Christ. You think about it. You wake up on Sunday morning and say, honey, I don't want to go to church. Let me read it like this. I don't want to go to a place where they're going to encourage me, love me, worship God, give me the word of God, invite me to get closer to God, and encourage me to come back. I don't want to do that. And you say, what is the reason, honey? I'm tired. I'm worn out. We were out late last night. And he'll give you every excuse possible to keep you away from what you need. Satan showed up and he was like, you guys ready? I'm going to use, I got my, I've got my sinner and my demon. You guys want to guess who is who? <laughs> Bruce, I'll have you kind of move, move up here. I'm sorry, dude. You just make a great demon, okay? To my wife. Yeah, your wife told me. And she was like... <laughs> he, he, his goal, okay, in the, in the presence of... His goal is to keep complete tabs on this guy. All right? So to get us caught up, and I asked Bruce to come out like this... As a believer, and I want to just give you guys the visual of this, go ahead and drop your chains. There are no chains. Satan's going to come and say, I'm going to take you to hell. And he's going to be like, hey, guys, I can't take this guy to hell. Jesus steps in and says, yeah, I broke his chains. Go away. He's lost his ability to own you because you've been bought with a price. You know why a lot of Christians are miserable? Because they leave off the second part of that verse. It says, therefore, because you were bought with the Christ, therefore glorify God in your body, which belongs to him and not you. God calls the shots on your body, your habits, your direction, your life, and everything. And I I really want to help you guys. I'm going to bring you through three points that I truly believe will help us to understand why so many Christians are miserable. Here's how to experience the greater power in our life. Because when Jesus showed up, he was greater than addiction. He was greater than their fear. He was greater than their lust. He was greater than their anger. He was greater than your rebellion. He's greater than that teenager that says, I don't need you or want you. God is greater. You know how I can prove this in this 
thing. This demon is about to have a really bad day because God walks in front of him and he says, I don't want to leave. But at the end of it, he says, Jesus, son of the most high God, I know who you are. You are Jesus, the son of the most high God, literally meaning you are my master. And he fell down in worship before him. Let me give you the first point. On a daily basis, this is, this is how you experience a greater power in your life. And I want direct application, okay? Because this is what bothers me. And I told you guys this week, we, we say these things. If you get into trouble, just say Jesus. I'm going to tell you guys, we've got, to, uh, we've got to disarm false statements that we say. You realize... That in the average day in America, in the average workplace, they say Jesus all day long. But not in the way that we're talking. It's not just in the name of Jesus. And I want to say, and I, I know a lot of people are going to say, I can't believe you just said that. There's power in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. There is power in the name of Jesus. But there's power in the name of what he represents. And I'm going to show you some people sit there and they reject what it represents, but they still want the power of what it represents. Does that make sense? I'm going to show you the first thing that happened in this passage. Inside of this passage right here, uh, uh, the demons run out, fall down, and what do they do? They worship. Worship. That, that worship that is talking about on a daily basis. Here's what it looks like. Number one, surrender yourself fully to Jesus. You're saying, I want to experience the greater power in my life. Here's the thing. Surrender yourself fully to Jesus. Jesus, physically speaking, will not be showing up probably at your job tomorrow. Okay? Knocking on, I'm here to see John. I'm John, he's been out of church for a while. I mean, he's, God works, but he doesn't work like that. But the principles are still the same. In 1 John 1, 9. Let me give you your sin. This is what Satan does. Satan, come up here, demon. Satan will take that of whatever that was that held you back because the wages of sin is death. Now, we could label that sin of whatever the wages was or that sin that was. As, and it's different for everybody, but we all have sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God of whatever it was that God saved you from. So, I mean, that, that could have been just the fact that you were this angry, hateful person or spiteful or rebellious or greedy or, or lustful or whatever it is. But even after we're saved, his goal is to sit there and go ahead and give it back to him. You say, he's not bound by that. He's not bound by that. Satan might not be able to control you or pull you, but he can remind you. And he can tempt you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So, so this is the whole deal that we've got to understand. He comes up and says... You need that. You can't live without that. You think you can live without that drug in your life or that weed or, 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 or that girl or that relation? You can't. You need that. That's, that's what he does. We wrestle. He's on you. And at this place in this scripture, whatever it is, Christ comes and he confronts it. And that guy comes and he falls before Jesus and he lays the demon, he lays in front of him in an act of surrender. The word worship means to prostrate, to fall, to surrender, to lift up. So here's what we do. Application. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let, let me do it like this. And I'm not trying to steal your job. So you're sitting there with that sin in your life. 
And you're sitting there saying, Jesus, I command thee in the name of Jesus, Lord, I, I want this demon. I want this bad attitude. Lord, Lord Jesus, help me not to do this anymore. And God says, all right, all right, give me that bad relationship. Well, I don't want to give up. I like her. I know she doesn't go to church or worship God, and I know she's not bad for me, but Lord, I, but Lord, I do want to do better, and I want your blessings on my life. You know how, do you guys see what I'm saying? In the name of Jesus, I pray for this. The Bible says if, the question if is, are you going to do what I said? He, he comes down and he walks before Jesus and he lays it at the feet of Jesus. That demon is laid out there. Here's the thing. If you think everything that Satan does, he wants you to hide. You're cutting yourself, I promise you, you're hiding it. When, when, you're, when you're trying to do drugs and things, you're hiding it. You're deleting emails, you're covering this up, you cover up that everything that you do. You know how God works? God works the opposite. You know what confessing it is? Get it out. Get it out. Lay it down. He knew all of those things. What is it? And even to the point where Jesus comes out and confronts him and says, what is your name? I'll get into that in a minute, but it's almost like coming up to Jesus and he turns around and he says, what is your problem? I want you to tell me. Get it out. You want victory in your life? You want to experience the greater power? Quit trying to cover it up. Ask Aiken how that worked. Ask anybody and just sit there and say, well, I can handle this by myself. Anytime you take that sin and you hide it behind your back and you're sitting there saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus is saying, hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite. You want the power, but you want to hold on to what you got. It does not work that way. He runs to Jesus. He bows before him and Jesus represented everything. You know what I love about this story? Talk about the chains. Talk about the demon. And here's this guy lifting up his bloody hands before Jesus. The scars of his mistakes and the blood running down his elbows from where he cut himself. God loves when you reach out and your hurt and your pain and the dirtiness of your life and all the trash that he had on his life from being in the tombs. And every torment that was there of every bruise was lifted up to Jesus. Jesus was honored by the surrender that they stood there and said, I need you. I need you. I cannot get over this. I'll never be free with him until I surrender to you. Jesus was the one that had the power over the storm, over death, over hell, over the grave. He had the power over demons, over oppression. Let me show you how much power. I know I've alluded to this like three times. Mark chapter 5, verse 9. Jesus asked him, verse 9, and he asked him, what is thy name? Now guys, I said this in Sunday school. Why does God ask questions? Why did Jesus ask questions? Jesus wasn't standing there with the disciples says, any of you guys know this name? Man, Jesus knows everything. So it wasn't for his sake, it was for their sake. Jesus comes up and he's going to show his power at at this very spot right here. He comes up and he says, what is your name? And the demon cries out through the man and he says, my name is Legion. Do you know what legion was? It means many, for we are many, followed up. A legion back in that time was a military term that meant 6,000. It was an army. Do you know what he was saying to Jesus that was standing there? He was looking at Jesus saying, there's a whole bunch of us. 
There's a lot of us. What is your name? It's greed and bitterness and abortion and drugs. I've been arrested five times. I've got things in my life nobody knows about. I'm rebellious. I've hurt people. I've lied. I've cheated. I've got stuff in my car that I'm hiding right now. I'm all these things. Give me your list. I'm still greater than all of them. How many demons do you got? Because God just says, I want you to confess it. He was calling them out right there. I want to know what you got because I want to conquer it all. Quit holding back from God. Quit sitting here and going to the altar for one problem when God's trying to prick your heart about another problem. Knowing that you're living in sin or you're living in adultery or fornication or you're living with greed or hate or you're rebellious against your parents. or Whatever it is, God's saying, who are you? I call you out. Tell me and for everybody around we are many. You know, we do it in our play and we turn up the voice and the volume of they trying to emphasize that. And God, in one voice, in one name, says, get out in the name of Jesus. Because it was surrendered to the power of the great I am. There is no addiction. There is no past. There is no problem that God cannot help with. You know what the whole legion thing was? You could never be too messed up for God. You just remember that. I don't care who you are or who you talk to. You can never be too messed up for God to fix it. Because God's saying, if I can handle their 6,000 demons, I can handle your five. Whatever that is in your life. Verse 8, and he said unto them, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And God set him free. We're done. You are dismissed. Let's go home. Say that, I'm serious. That's, that's where we ended right there. And I can't let you go with that. Because then this is where the yo-yo begins. Up and down in our Christian life. Up and down. I'm doing great. I'm doing bad. Pastor Tony, I'm on top of the world. You won't believe what I did. It's just woo. Over and over and over again. It started with him surrendering himself fully. I mean the whole thing. How many, all of them, get out. Number two. See yourself free. It starts with fully surrendering, or, or he surrendered himself fully, but the next thing, see yourself free. I'm trying to be really re- real with you guys because of the fact that you're going to leave the service, you're going to feel good, you're going to go to the altar, you're going to pray, but Satan, this guy doesn't quit. He does not quit. He's going to come and you sit there and you lay it at the altar, and then you lay it at the altar, and he's going to sit there and he's going to be waiting out there at the car. And he's going to walk and go ahead and give it back to him. And he'll give it back to you and say, you, you need that. You think you can, do you, do you know how long you've had that in your life? Do you know that you need that? Do you know that that's important? Do you know that that is something that your dad struggled with from the time you were a kid? It's in your blood. It's in your DNA. You'll never get over it. He messes with our minds because he can't get to our hearts to take us. He sits there and he messes with us. And that's why the renewing of your mind and understanding these things. He can't bind you to your sin, but he can remind you of it. The chains in your hand is telling you that you need this drug. And this thing right here will help you with your stress. In just a little bit, you won't be hurting anymore. 
You shouldn't have sex with that person. But you know what? If you don't, they're, they're, they're not going to stay with you. You don't want to be alone, do you? In our minds, we do this. We struggle. I'm going to ask you guys just to pause for there. I, I've got a supporting verse. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. I cannot get into this because I want so much the application. And I, you said there, you lost the application with the maniac of Gadara. Oh, I'll get there. It's great. It's cool. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. He says, likewise, and we won't get into everything before, just for the sake of time, reckon ye, ye also yourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto Christ. The word reckon, and the reason why God gave us, is you have to come to the conclusion or come to the understanding. So this is why you've got to tune this out. You know why it's so important? Because what happens is the, the demons, when he comes in here and we start singing the great I am, and we start bragging on God and Jesus, 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 and all these other things, that makes him extremely uncomfortable. But the Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people. And God comes up and God does this. He said, do you realize I paid for that? Do you realize, and let me just read it because I don't want just sounding like I'm making this up. Likewise, wrecking you also. Can you finally come to the conclusion? Can you reckon yourself indeed that that is dead? It's dead. It's dead. When you stip, stop acting like it has a hold on you. When you stop acting like it has power. The demons had to submit and surrender to the power of God. Why do you sit there and it's in our minds, I can't live without this or I'll never get over it. It is a lie. He said, reckon yourselves indeed dead. You know what dead is? It can't get up. But here's the danger. It might not be able to get up, but we go pick it up. That reminds me of that passage. I think it's in Proverbs. As a dog returns to its vomit. You get it out of your system. And, oh, that was horrible. I, I, I'm not trying to be gross, but you know, the, the dog does that thing. Sitting there, that's disgusting. When God frees you from something, God frees you from addiction, and some guy calls you up and says, hey, you want to go hang out tonight? You know, that's the joker that you got you into it. Don't go back to the vomit. Stay away. Wrecking yourselves indeed. Let not sin therefore reign, rule, be king in your mortal body. You know why it says let not? It's a choice. It doesn't say that it has control. It's going up to you and say, Bruce, don't do it. Acknowledge that you don't have to. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. That you should obey the lust thereof. You flirt with this. You'll keep it. You watch this. You sit there and say it has no control over you. You flirt with sin. You get out there. You're, you're with those relationships. And day after day, Satan's coming out to you. saying, oh, that's, hey, guys, he's got to back up again. Hey, you knew you couldn't leave that girl. You knew that's bad business for you. You knew that that youth camp, that was great. And that charged you up. But you knew that make good happen. You know what it's doing? He says, therefore, in that passage, let not sin, therefore, reign in your body that you should obey. Because that lust will pull you back. He said, I thought I was free. You still battle your flesh. You battle your minds. You battle that problem that sits there. And God says, I want you to reckon indeed unto sin. Verse 13, neither, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. I want to get you back to the story. So, chains are broken. <clears throat> I want to see something. Can you go stand over there, Mike? Jesus says this, and I, I, I just don't have time. I want to get these principles. You guys know the story. Jesus says, they come out and they say, 
don't just make, don't torment us, Jesus. Meaning, in that passage, don't send us to hell. That's what it was talking about. Jesus had a time and a place that he was going to do that and turn them down forever and, and, and eliminate that. But in this passage, he said, don't, don't send us to hell. Don't torment us. So they wanted another host. They wanted to go somewhere else and, and torment. So that's why they chose the swine. So Jesus commands and he sends them in there. The Bible says there was 2,000 swine, something like 2,000 swines that he sends them in. So all of all the things, the pigs, I think it's kind of cool and ironic. And I know they jumped off, but the prodigal son, where, where did he run to? He ended up in the pig pen. They were defiled. They were unclean, an unclean animal. The Bible says for Christians, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. That's what, what the Bible, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Unclean. Just look here, okay? Unclean. Say it with, no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. That's all right, go ahead. And if I'm the saints today, brother, he's talking about, so let's just label it. Ungodly music that curses God and tells you rebel against your parents and cusses the whole thing is unclean. Label it whatever you want. It's unclean. I don't want it in my life. I wouldn't sing it in church. I don't, it won't, won't honor my God. It's unclean. A relationship that sits there and pulls me out of church and pulls me away from God and constantly pulls me into doing things that I know I should not do is unclean. Going to movies that might be funny, but they sit there and curse God, degrade women, and mock my Lord and Savior is unclean. Label it for what it is. It's not okay. It's unclean. Be ye holy, for I am holy, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I could go on and on and on. Do you know one of the dumbest things that maniac could have done on that day? Pick up the chains and go chasing those pigs. I wanted to preach today on chasing pigs. You're going to get that thought here in a minute. Let's, let's go over here. We'll leave the chains for now. We got to put your arm around each other. Oh, this is sweet. I know. Let, let me put that vision there. Now, you're not going to see it because the angel comes, or Satan comes as an angel of light. But let me tell you, every time a young person sits there and says, I want blessings and I'm tired of being miserable and cutting myself and I'm tired of hating my parents and I'm angry at the world and all this stuff, and you run to your room and you flip on music that you know dishonors God, this is this, here you go. You go to work and you're flirting with that girl or that guy that you know has no, you have no business because the Bible says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers for what fellowship have light with darkness? Fellowship. That's, no, you're not your adulterers and adulterers so that your friendship with the world is enmity with God. It's all Bible. God sits there and says that now, you know what you're going to do when that, uh, that, person or that drug or you get in a problem and you lose your job and you just sit there and say I'm just going to say Jesus 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 I need you and God's sitting there going what are you talking about you please me with your lips but in your heart you're far from me do you see why I'm saying that this whole attitude of just say Jesus just say Jesus I'm not saying that there's not power in the name of Jesus but you can't live with the world and yoke up with pigs uh, in the story <laughs> Or go chasing what God freed you from and think that you're going to have victory in your life. For the maniac to run back to those pigs and go, here, piggy, piggy, you just sit there and say, how ridiculous. 
But we do it all the time. When God says, no, wrecking yourself indeed unto sin and a servant unto righteousness. Can I show you guys where we find the guy after this happened? It says in Mark 5, 18, after the whole thing happened, when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. You want to get off the roller coaster? Break. Break it off. The unworks of whatever God says, and you say, I don't even know. That's why it's important to be in church and to get into a life group and to study your Bible and to come out and be part of Wednesday night Bible studies and to do the things that we do. You, God's going to tell you to rightly divide the word of truth so that you know what is right and wrong. You sit there, I keep getting in trouble and I don't know why. God will tell you what, he, what is right and what is wrong. God will tell you it's a light unto my feet. God's, God's going to keep me out of trouble. God's going to, and there's word of God and say, oh, that relationship's bad. I don't need that. Oh, that, that place is bad. Or I shouldn't be hanging out with that friend or putting that into my life. God will tell you what is right and wrong. The thing that he did, and you, you want to know the difference is he got as close to Christ as he could be. And I tell you, that's a continual action. Stop running back to the world for the trash that it has. You're sick of it. You have one, world, one foot in the world and one foot in the church and you're sitting there trying to please. The Bible says that no man can please both. You either will hate the one and love the other. It's a drastic difference. He jumped in the boat and he said, I just want to be with you. He didn't go chasing the pigs. So here's the thing. Surrender yourself fully. I'm telling you, we're going to have an invitation in just a minute. You just lay at the feet of Jesus and just say, Lord, I'm going to confess my faults. I'm going to confess my sin. Lord, I know you know it all right now. And God says, what is it? What is your name? What is that demon? What is that sin? You tell me, you confess it, you get it out, quit holding it back. You lay it on and you surrender to the authority that has the power to change it next thing that you have to do is you have to see yourself free. You have to sit there and say, I am a child of God. Satan has no authority over me. That sin does not have authority of me. I have no chains. I have been set free. That is dead. Lord, help me to see it for what it is because he is a liar and he'll keep telling you. But one last point that I think is so important. I don't even have time to go into it. It's cool how God works. Last Sunday night, I ran out of time. No, I had a lot of time. I didn't run out of time. We had a video of the show. The video didn't get done. And I had to speak when I wasn't planning to speak. So God put it on my heart to preach this point of this message. The Bible says, Ephesians 6, 11, put on the full armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know what? You know what? Know how we want to label that song? You you want to know how we do it? This is how we do it. Put on the name of Jesus. I want to live however I want to live. We're closing up, but Mike, as we're doing this, Satan. No, go ahead. I'm just staying here for a minute. He's going to seek. He's a prowler. He wants to devour. I want you guys, when you walk out of here today, this is how he is. Go, go ahead, Mike. 
Check him out. You know what he's doing? He's looking, he's looking for, for a, a way in. He's looking for an opportunity. You know what Satan's doing right now? He's walking your life right now. He's looking. You know what God said to us? You, Bruce, you understand that you have to put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the full, full, complete, all-encompassing, the breastplate of righteousness you've got to live right. And the helmet of salvation. You know what we want to do? I am saved. Now I'm defeated and I'm miserable and I'm depressed and I'm oppressed and I'm miserable in my life and I cut myself and I'm doing drugs and all this stuff. And God said, well, where's your breastplate of righteousness? All of those things are wrong and you're allowing him to sit there and work you over and you're saved, but you're working over. He sits there and kicks you in the shin and knocks you to your knees and say, my family won't even follow me. They won't even listen because he's sitting there waiting for you just an opportunity. That's why the word of God is not a buffet. You don't walk in the church or walk in the righteousness and sit there and say, ooh, I want salvation. Ooh, give me some of that eternal security. But I want you to live holy. I'm not doing that. My, you're not taking away my Friday nights. You're not taking away my music. You're not taking away there. And Satan goes, you got that right, buddy. 